Welcome back, fam. This is another episode of The Path of Believer. We are in part two of spiritual slavery to spiritual sonship with Josiah. He's going to be sharing his testimony of how he transitioned from living a life in slavery to sin to coming to the Lord and adopting sonship. You know, I'm not even sure if this is going to be part two because I'm pretty sure this is going to be part one. Because, you know, when you when the Lord encounters your life and takes you away, everything else that happened before gets wiped wiped clean as snow, white as snow, get clean Amen. slate. That part one just faded away when Jesus came and entered your side as well. And I just wanna I just wanna recap that one moment when um Pastor, what's his name? Roger? Roger Lee. Roger came into that uh coffee shop and Josiah was like Oh, dude, I'm doing so great. Life's so awesome. It's perfect. It's fabulous. It's marvelous. I'm just having a great time. And he's just like, oh, really? Well, the reason why I invited you here is because um, you're actually not doing well. Your life's a mess. You're in addiction. You're in sin. You just you can't get out, and you're just looking for a way out. Is that is that correct? That's right. And Josiah just like stopped, and after that, Pastor Rogers was just like, um, I want to invite you down to Sarasota. I want you to come down to Sarasota, and I want you to live with me, get a new start. And Josiah left Pastor Roger right in that, right in that coffee yeah. shop and ran to the prayer house right across the street at IHOP. Is that mm-hmm. correct? And then uh, he just got in there. And he was just like, you are real. It's just so awesome because, you know, that that, that's, that fr- fresh, brand new feeling of a Christian, like that fresh new Christian smell. So yeah, absolutely. go for it, bro. Share the part two. All right, here we go. So here I am crying out to God. You know, I spent, you know, maybe like an hour in there just kind of honestly just crying out of. I just had this sense of that I couldn't believe that God still actually wanted me and that he still um, saw value in me and still um, wanted me and i was just i had this like overwhelming gratitude of just being so thankful to god and so like almost like if like someone gave you like the most amazing gift that you completely didn't deserve and you know like after you like cheated them and screwed them over and like they just like turn around and give you like an amazing blessing and you're like what yeah that's how i felt Mm. so i left um walked outside i was like i don't think i need to think about this anymore so I called him and I was like, all right, I'm coming, sign me up. Wow. And he was like, all right, I'm going to, um, I'll, I'm going to literally buy your plane ticket uh, and I'll send it to you. And you have like a week to figure figure out whatever and, um, and come. And I was like, all right. So now did your parents ever find out about this conversation? Did you tell, did you tell your parents? Cause I know, at that point, you weren't really talking to your parents because you uh-huh. were living a, a, a life of a wreck. Yeah, yeah. And you went and followed your dreams of becoming like drug dealing, uh-huh. <laughs> dr- like uh, living in a house that was abandoned, all this stuff. And you were following that kind of dream. Uh-huh. It was but, a crack house, too, if I'm understanding correctly, right? Um, yeah. I mean, that's had, not, that's, he didn't, he didn't say that, there. but that, that's right. what it sounded like. Yeah, yeah, that's what it we sounded like. We had all just, kinds of stuff there. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to get into that because, you know, the cops might come knocking. <laughs> but anyways, I want to I want to just say like, um, did you actually go and speak to your parents after that happened? Where he um, came and sh- talked to you? I I did, uh, not immediately, but later after I came, I told them like I'm I'm back in Florida, 
you know, and I actually had a lot of things that were going on in my heart and stuff. So I, I, the relationship wasn't like fully restored right off the bat, but, um, yeah, through, uh, over the, over the course of like the next couple of months, I ended up like kind of reaching out to them more and rekindling um, that yeah rekindling that and we have an amazing relationship now i love my parents they're like that's my awesome. best friends and that's awesome yeah so um um where, where do you want to go with this because i want to just ask you uh when you came to sarasota what happened with uh your growth with god how, uh-huh. how did you get plugged in where did your testimony go on from then okay well bef- i want to share just a brief that do because it. so much happened in that week of preparing to come to sarasota where the Lord was the main thing that like, as soon as I told um, Roger that I was coming, it was like, I got this like download from the Lord that I just, for some, whatever reason, I remembered that passage of scripture where um, Jesus came to the rich man and told him to give away everything and follow him. And he thought about it and was like, no, I can't give up my riches. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And basically he missed out on everything because he wanted to hold on to his worldly possessions. And looking back, I didn't have that much, but in the moment it felt like I did like how it always is, you know, yeah. like in the moment you feel like you have so much, but cause I had been, you know, you know, gathering little things here and there, you know, working for like six months to buy like this set of speakers or this or that, you know, like I had a, couple of little belongings that i thought were like so valuable to me and um i felt like the lord told me to literally just give everything away that i owned and just bring my clothes to sarasota that's amazing and so i was like all right i'm gonna do it and so i went back to my house or the house i was staying at and i anybody that had like done anything nice to me in that like two years that I was living there, I just kind of went around and like started giving away things, giving away everything. I was like, Hey God changed my life. I'm giving this to you. I'm out of here. They're like, what the heck dude? You're crazy. You finally like did something (laughs) too much or something. I'm like, no dude, it's real. And this man took all the way down to, um, all the way down to the day before I'm supposed to leave. I've already given everything away. I have this like super sketchy, illegal car still. (laughs) <laughs> and my friend um happened to be um coming over to say goodbye to me and stuff and he was like he's like hey um you know just kind of mentioned to me that he was trying to get a job and needed a car and stuff and i was like dude i've got the car for you and i was like look i have no license place yeah. i don't have a title here's your car <laughs> so i was like here you go like if you can figure out like the legal stuff whatever to like make this thing legit like you can have this car you can take it and he's like no way like this is awesome and i'm like yeah dude like take it it's yours he gets in the car and starts driving down the street and literally like smoke everything starts going crazy like the whole thing just like blows up oh no and like the car just breaks down right there like minute like literally like oh my goodness minutes after i had just driven it and what a like, gift it just reminded me of almost like the humor but also like just how god really protected me in that season because like that car was so sketchy never got like an oil change never did anything to that car 
and it just somehow held together all the way to the last minute and then wow. as soon as i like gave it away it was just like <laughs> the lord's hand came off the car <laughs> he's like i ain't doing this anymore bye <laughs> yeah so it was just kind of funny and it was kind of like a symbol of like because the next morning i got up and went to the airport and we drove right past the car and it was kind of uh almost like seeing like how god actually kept me safe in in even when i was like living in rebellion even when i was chasing the world like he was actually still watching me and still like protecting me and still like looking out for me yeah that's that's amazing so from there got on the plane came to sarasota with my bag of clothes you know i just had no idea what to expect had no idea anything all i was like even on the plane i was just praying and i was like god like i'm just totally open um gonna be like 100 percent transparent with people because i want to go as hard after you as possible and i don't want to like hold anything back you know so immediately when i got there i just like met with people you know like because i i still like felt like i didn't belong there you know like i didn't i felt like i didn't deserve to be there i was like all did these you, people did you feel about the mentality of work still um um like to i think in the beginning yes but the lord really quickly broke that off awesome. like Thank shortly you, after jesus. i got there thank you jesus <laughs> come on um so i remember i i got there i got um settled in roger had like a um he has like a couple of houses for ministry students for his ministry school that he does so i moved into their one of the houses you know got my little bunk bed and Mm -hmm. my dresser and put everything in and went over and i just was like dude i need to like you know like get some things off my chest you know so i like had a meeting with him like had like a super in-depth talk for like two hours about like everything bad i'd ever done wow and i was just like trying to be like super transparent because i was and i was like all right so i understand like if you know like if you don't want me here anymore like if if like you probably didn't even know like i was like this bad of a person when you invited me here and stuff and he just you know know, i just want to point that out for just a second that uh whenever you're in sin you like to hide away like you like the isolation Mm -hmm. the devil wants to isolate you but whenever the whenever Christ like shines his light onto your life, mm-hmm. you don't care. You need you need him. Yeah. And that you realize the deficit of Christ in your life and the right. deficit like the deficit that happens. And so that that example that you just said that you just didn't care. You needed to come clean because you wanted to be as transparent as possible. Mm-hmm. And that is just for me, it's like Christ revealed to you the deficit that you have of him in your life. Uh-huh. And you're like, I need him. And it doesn't matter what people think. It doesn't be, no matter how I look like I need the Lord. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I forgot to mention, like the one condition that he had of me coming there was that he wanted me to go through the ministry school. Yeah. And so that was kind of where I was getting that like feeling from is like I'm meeting these other ministry school students and like everybody's like been going so hard after God and like all these things. And I'm like, dude, I'm like literally just was like doing drugs like a week ago, you know, <laughs> like this is not like I don't I don't feel like I fit in here, you know. Yeah. And so I'm telling him all this stuff and I'm just like, all right, I know like you probably don't even want me to do the school anymore. Like and he just like looks at me and he smiles. He's like. He's like, I don't care what you've done in your past. You wouldn't be sitting here right now in my office if you weren't ready to go after God. He's like, you're forgiven. Don't like pay attention to that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to treat you any differently than any of the other students for for any reason. Like, 
you're here now you're forgiven like just go and i was like for some reason that like honestly that moment was actually what broke off the whole works thing because wow i was so like expecting like almost like a punishment from god like all right 16 million more hours in the prayer room to make up for <laughs> what you've done <laughs> and i was like wait so there's no like punishment there's no like anything and he's like he's like no like just go and love jesus and you know like you're not school. saved by works and yeah. that like hit me so hard that i like went back to my room that night and i was just crying and praying to the lord i was just like I can't believe like I've been doing this works thing for so long and I just for whatever reason I just had the revelation of like you really just have to accept the forgiveness and start walking in the sonship stop striving start abiding yeah and so from there I started the school it was a nine-month school it was amazing it was like a lot of just going through the Bible in depth, going through different theology teachings, a lot of prayer, worship, evangelism, um, just awesome, awesome stuff. And it was completely life-changing. We did a lot of fasting, which was really like awesome for me to like break me, just break the flesh, all that stuff. Um, and in the, after a couple of months of being there, um, Oh, maybe like two months in, uh, I started hanging out with Charles Sakali a little bit more. Yeah, hanging out with his sisters. Awesome guy. <laughs> awesome family in general. Ended up um, kind of getting some feelings for one of his sisters, and I was like, "Oh no, oh no, you know, I'm not supposed <laughs> to be here for this. I'm not supposed to be here for for this kind of stuff." Right. You know, like, no, 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 no. And plus is my homeboy sister. Like, I can't. <laughs> <you know? laughs> my homeboy sister. Oh, snap. And, um, yeah, but don't you guys, like, before you start the program, you guys you guys pretty much just say, we will, we will abstain from relationships yeah. for this yeah, yeah. For next two years or however long it is. Mm -hmm. How long is the program? Nine months. Nine months. Oh, I thought it was, like, for some reason, it was, like, two well, years. Well, you can, it, it, it can be two years, but I just did the first track. Got and it. then there's a second track that goes another year. Yeah. And there's, like, a break in between. Shout out to our boy Tim out there. If he's listening, he's going through the school right now. He's, yeah, I'm sure he's getting wrecked. It's awesome. Yes, he is. He's getting his life changed, and uh, so much testimonies <laughs> from from his school experience. Yeah. So, um, go ahead. So, but so basically, that was just another breaking point for me because it was another thing that like had come up that the Lord was like, you know, you got to remember your your covenant that you made with me in the beginning. You got to remember that you know you said you're not going to be in a relationship and it was it was all a part of the teaching me of like walking in integrity walking in like following through with the things that you say you're going to do with the lord and so like obviously we were just like friends and hanging out but i started realizing i was getting feelings i talked to her about it first of all i didn't even think she would even like me but because she's like the most like innocent like never did anything bad her whole life like pure girl pk kid and i'm just like the total opposite and so i told her and i was like look i have these feelings for you but i literally cannot do this i need to like be intentional with my season here so i'm not gonna talk to you i'm not gonna like hang out with you anymore i'm not gonna even be around you at all completely like until the end 
like i'll see you like if it's when it's over like if you are interested or whatever but it's like military man yeah like i i just had to cut it off completely going off to war see you on the other side yeah. if i survive <laughs> peace but it was it was it was an awesome um season to go through that and to be able to lay that down and to on the end of it um you know reach out to her and talk to her about you know all i was this horrible person like i just want to be transparent with you like this is who i was obviously i'm walking with the lord now but i want you to know that and she just looked at me and she just like roger she was saying she said you know if the lord doesn't hold anything against you i would never hold anything against you and that's a, that's such a good heart take um, notes boys take yeah, notes that was that was a powerful moment for me and i was actually like weeping because i never thought that like i would ever be able to deserve somebody like as pure and as amazing as she is and i and just to like honor you in that because it you know i believe a, a moment or a season of celibacy is very important because mm-hmm. it really builds you as a man yeah and makes you realize um that hey being with somebody will not fix you oh yeah and i think you you know that because you know there's a lot of people who go into a relationship and they're like yo i'm gonna go into this relationship and that person will like ultimately fix me or kind of like um what's the term they use not missionary dating but um there's a term for it where basically the person's like a doctor for their life and they mm-hmm. think like, oh, I'll just be with this person and they'll just perfectly fix my. No, mm-hmm. you have to understand like each person has their thing. And, you know, yes, two halves like, you know, come together and they help each other. But you're ultimately, hopefully getting that baggage off you before you come into that relationship. Because mm-hmm. um, like even Vasa and Sarah, they talked about their relationship, how they had some stuff that they had to work out, you know. Uh, in their testimony, you guys can check it out. It's awesome. Uh, but ultimately, you went through this season of, hey, I'm putting this time to the Lord. I'm dedicating it to get myself right with the Lord before I come in. Because I believe if you came in, right, and like mm-hmm. uh, not fully surrendering to everything that happened those past years, uh-huh. you would not be in the spot where you are now, which Absolutely. is an awesome marriage and relationship uh-huh. where... I mean, I look at you guys and you're so happy. And I mean, you got you got yeah. a kid on the way coming, so yeah. it's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. But it's man. also that honesty. Yeah, that happens, and mm-hmm. a lot of guys hide their past, and a lot of girls hide their past too. And that moment of, hey, this is who I am. Right. I'm not gonna pursue my relationship with you, and then like, when you when you're dead in love with me, then or like you know when you're pregnant with my child, I'll be like, hey, by the way, I, I had sex with four other girls like, uh-huh. like right yeah that, no like this is i'm gonna tell you beforehand because i respect you as a person and i love you this is like this is what i am yeah and this is what what, what i came out of and this is what god's done in my life and being honest can really be the the point to you you having the best relationship because the worst the worst thing that you can do is be uh false keep talking and keep uh keep using your relationship and then all of a sudden it breaks apart at the very end because lies yeah absolutely mm-hmm. and so and obviously yeah so that that's that was a, probably the greatest gift god's ever given me by far was that you know i got aside, to aside, from, aside from your, your child that's coming on the way that is yeah. the, but that is the greatest gift that god's yeah. ever given you so yeah i met xenia 
there and you know obviously she was totally in agreement with me being you know honoring what i promised to the lord and all of that and she was very respectful about everything and it was a good season for both of us actually but backing up a little bit um another thing that i wanted to highlight about the the school was just that um just working out like all of all the inner healing and things that happened and all these different things as I was going through it. And I remember one day the Lord kind of put on my heart to go back and um, rewatch that um, service that I went to um, about Todd White on, on my 21st birthday. Mm -hmm. And I went back because we had left early and we didn't, you know, stay for the whole thing. And I'm watching the service and as I'm rewatching it and I'm hearing the altar call and him praying over the people that were there, literally everything that he was like calling out was everything that I was going through in that moment. And he was like, people are going to be freed from drugs tonight. They're going to be freed from, you know, everything, pornography, you know, sexual addiction, anything like he was just calling out all these different things like worldliness, like mm. um, I'm calling out people to become transparent, you know, like, all these things that like the Lord was doing in my life, he actually was like praying that over and like sowing those seeds like a wow. whole like year before. Wow. And I was like, dude, this is crazy how like even all the way back from then, God was already like starting to work on my heart of even pulling me to even go to that service. Mm -hmm. And then like a year later, you know, I'm starting to see like the fulfillment of those things. And, um, so just as an encouragement to people, like sometimes these things that actually take time, you know, like it's not always like a instant like deliverance and you're good, you know, like forever. Like the Lord actually wants you to go on the journey with him and like work things out, because mm -hmm. when you go through that journey with him, it doesn't like take away from the miracles that he could just instantly deliver you. But he teaches you things. He gives you like wisdom through it. And um, it helps you just in in ways that only he would know how to help you you know I yeah man and then you had like i think that three-year prophecy type thing or is that oh, a yeah, little yeah. bit forward so so i wanted to go back to um where the lord had called me to give everything away uh i had come to the house of prayer i'd given everything away um there is some expenses involved in doing the school like you have to pay for the housing and food and things like that so um i didn't really know how i was gonna pay for all of that but i was just trusting in god because he brought me there and i just knew that you know he would work it out if i'm supposed to be there and literally within like a couple of weeks of being there like people had heard about me coming and people that have been praying for me for years and all these different things started reaching out to me. And it was like all these like crazy, like financial blessings. Like someone would give me like $2,000 here, like $800 here, you know, like a hundred dollars here and all this crazy stuff. So basically by the time it was all said and done, um, I had enough to basically just pay for the whole nine months like up front. That's amazing. And oh, so that was an amazing like blessing from the Lord. And then on top of that, somebody, I still don't to this day do not know who this is. I would have been trying to figure it out if you're out there. God bless you. But 
somebody, whoever it was, decided to give me $800 a month on top of that to um, as I'm going through the school. And so I'm like, oh, this is so awesome because that was more than I was making like on the streets and stuff. So I was like, dude, I'm living it up like 800 bucks a month. Like, this is nice. You know, all my expenses are paid for. This is amazing. And immediately the God was like, no, I told you to give everything away. So mm. I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. So every time I would get that $800 in my account, boom, I would send it to like missionaries to whatever. And I was just like, just wow. give it away, give it away, so give it away. So how are you eating? Free food, whatever I could find, whatever someone would Bro, pay me for food. That's you know, honor. Like, this man was living freely, receive and freely give away. Yeah. I mean, there was, there was enough free food around like the house of prayer and stuff. It wasn't healthy, but it was food. The Lord blessed it. Let's just put it yeah. that way. He made it healthy, you know? Yeah. Um, if he, so, yeah. Yeah. So, for that nine months, I was just sowing into the kingdom, giving to missionaries, giving to churches, giving to whatever I felt like the Lord was telling me to give to. And I was just, like, freeing myself of that, like, tie of, like, feeling like money is, like, something that's important. I don't know. Um, so... All throughout that, the Lord is like teaching me about giving, teaching, you know, working on my heart. He's like putting this, you know, amazing woman in front of me and asking me to lay it down. You know, all these different things are going on. And I'm just sitting in the prayer room one day. I'm like really like trying to connect with the Lord. And this old lady comes up to me and she's like, I need to talk to you. Never seen this lady before. She just randomly come into the prayer room, pulled me aside. We go out into the hallway and she starts sharing with me um, some things um, about my personal life that like there's no way that she could even know. And like she's like, yeah, I can see the Lord's doing a lot in you. And like like um, he's taking you through a lot of deliverance, basically just like saying everything that's going on. Yeah. And she's like, she's like, this is so awesome. And I just want you to know that there is actually a three year period that the Lord has you in that he's working on you. He's working all these things in your heart, working on all these, th on all these different areas of your life. And at the end of the three years, he wants to launch you into ministry. And I was like, Can I just interrupt for just a second. Um, yeah. how long were you in the world for? About like fully like hardcore, um, like a solid two years, two and a half years. And then what was that period where you were like with your brother and then with your sister? That was like another about year, right? That was like probably, yeah, that was like a year total. Cause it was like, it would be like six months and I would be like chill for six months and then back into the world for six months. So like the Lord like cleansed three years of your life when you ruined three years of your life. That's true. I actually didn't even think about that. I just literally just got that. Just. That's wild, man. That's that's yeah, that's John Wild. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um so yeah, so I was like, you know, I receive it. That's awesome. Wow, um, that's so awesome. And she even prophesied even about Xenia because she's like, and the Lord's gonna give you an amazing wife. She's gonna be there with you. She's gonna like, you know, um be like your best friend. She's gonna like help you in ministry. She's gonna be like your number one like cheerleader and like all this stuff she's gonna like help you be mm. strong and in, in the lord and all this stuff and she had no idea that i even like was starting to have feelings for her and this was like the very beginning stages at that time when i was just like starting to like like her and stuff and i was like oh this is crazy after the celibacy period right yeah 
Well, no, this is before. This is like when I first started liking her. Before I even had to like actually oh, talk to her and okay. lay everything down. Gotcha. So, anyways, so that you know, I had that had this amazing season with the Lord. Did it did a lot for me in that nine months, and then basically, then um my um time had ended, and um. We were out for the, uh, of the school and it was kind of like, okay, what do I do now, Lord? And first thing I wanted to do was I wanted to go talk to Xenia's parents. So I literally got a ride. I didn't have a car or anything, (laughs) no job, been giving all my money away for nine months, have no, like anything. So I literally got a ride, went to like an out, like 45 minute drive to Xenia's parents' house talked to her i was like i want to date your daughter and all this stuff and they're like all right like sure you know, like if, if you want to give it a try like wow and they just had like i told them like i get i was like look i promise you within a year i'm gonna have a car i'm going to have an engagement ring i'm going to buy a house and i'm gonna marry your daughter wow and they're like all right if, if god can do all of that then we approve you know come on and i'm like That's it's awesome. gonna happen where i'm going like God is on my side. I have no doubt about anything. Like I've been like sowing into the kingdom. I know that God is going to work things out. So I leave there. I'm like, okay, God, how am I going to work this out? (laughs) (laughs) And Literally. um, So I call this guy, um, Jordan Owens. He had mentioned to me when you're done with the school, if you're ever looking for work, hit me up. So I hit him up. And he was like, okay, um, he, he runs like a caregiving agency. And he told me that if I want, I can become a caregiver. He'll help me get my CNA license. I can start working for him. So he's like, all you need is a car. As long as you have a car, I will pay for everything else. I'll help you get your licenses. I'll, you can start working. You can do it all. And I was like, all right, this is awesome. This is an open door from the Lord. And I was like, but I don't have any money. So now the school is over. And I, for whatever reason, got an additional $800 after, the month after the school. And I was like, I prayed about it and God was like, use it to buy a car. So I bought like the worst, like crappiest, like $600 car from like this super sketchy Mexican guy with a glass eye in oh Bradington. <laughs> and that thing was like super sketchy, but it got me to work for a couple of months to the point where I could buy a better car um so i bought the better car you know i was working for this guy like crazy hours like as much as i could getting overtime doing whatever i could to you know do this and i was working the night shift so it was actually an awesome time for me because i was able to serve this lady who had als and couldn't do anything for herself and just serve her i was able to talk to her about jesus i would always like put on like preachings and stuff for her and like put on like worship music for her because she couldn't do anything about it as <laughs> but she actually liked it she'd, she'd be like i like this like this is awesome you know yeah um um so praise god hopefully it ministered to her and then she would go to sleep for the night and i would be there like all night and i was just able to be excuse me alone with the lord and i just had a lot of time to to begin walking out Christianity without like the training wheels of being in like a ministry school type of setting, you know? 
And um, so that happened and I was able to buy the car, bought the engagement ring. I was getting excited. And literally the, the second I walk out of the jewelry shop from buying the ring, I get a phone call, answer it, and the lady had passed away. And I, so I'm out of a job now. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, well, we got half of it. I don't know where, how, you know, because I was expecting maybe to keep going with this, but I don't know, Lord. Um, but then he um, opened up some doors immediately after that, like to where I was able to get another position working for this family privately doing caregiving out um somewhere else and it was actually like double the pay it was it was a really like god thing that like a a cna caregiver could make even 30 dollars an hour is like unheard of and um so i'm there working overtime working like 60 80 hours a week like crazy person just like Mm. trying to make as much as i can and lo and behold exactly a year to the day april 28th 2018 2019 well i asked i talked to her extended parents to april 20th 2018 exactly one year later april 28th 2019 we were getting married with had bought in a house we both had cars you know we wow. had a solid job praise and, god man. that's amazing um just testimony of god yeah because i I, I honestly didn't really because i I grew up with the sakali uh family uh-huh. like ever since i was a child i was in school with masha since mm-hmm. fourth grade or something like that and so it's kind of funny because like i knew xenia but i didn't know that i didn't know anything was going on and then like i didn't know that she had a relationship and then she's married i'm like in the world just happened <laughs> during high school or just like kind of no, no like no, I, was... I knew her, i knew that she like i don't know what where did she go to ihop or something like that uh yeah she came down to the house of prayer once in a while that's how i met her because her and no Charles not shop uh, did she oh, ever go, did she, IHOP? Yeah. she did but i never saw her there yeah so because i thought that she left for ihop once and then she came back and then she was married like it was just like that wow. and I, I didn't realize what, what had happened because i didn't know any of this backstory well and i know masha went and did the one thing internship yes. but axe never like spent any long-term time there hmm. at IHOP. wow so that's the redemption story of sonship that you entered into bro and so i mean and then from there the lord you know has been just doing amazing things just in that first year of marriage and then lo and behold the prophecy of jane came true where almost exactly three years like pretty much exactly three years later like the lord just like he closed the door to the family that i was working for um basically because of covid Mm -hmm. they ended up moving back to chicago and at the time um i had actually gotten xenia to get her like um home health aid license and got her working there with me too so we're making like double time the money working together at the same hour same everything there and it was like amazing because we're like getting tons of money like it was awesome and like the lord was totally blessing us and then all of a sudden it was just like all cut off and the lord is like you know it's not all about the money you know like it's about like i i was giving you all these things to like set you up to like yeah like he was he was doing all that 
to set us up for the bigger picture, you know? Come on. And then you get pregnant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so all within these like couple of months, like we lose our job. I had I had already decided I wanted to buy a dog, so I bought a dog. A couple yeah. days later, I find out that she's pregnant, and then <laughs> like it was just like a total like Shock. crazy like thing. But then the Lord is like, okay, you're not working like sixty hours a week anymore. I want you to start getting more involved in ministries and stuff. So mm. and I, that's I had, hilarious because, dude. That's hilarious because remember, Josiah could never make it to Beachside. He could never mm -hmm. make it to any Saturday nights. Like he was always busy. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, boom, his, his schedule got switched. I remember yeah. that. He, he, I exactly. think you called me and you're like, dude, I really want to get plugged in. And you're like, man, I just like you told me kind of about this whole work uh -huh. situation. And I'm like, wow. Like I was like, OK, like kind of I didn't know yeah. the full backstory, but kind of like gist of it. And I'm like, dude, come on, join yeah. up. Like I knew he, he could play and like have like you know worship was like amazing because i went one time to a service where you were playing and i'm like i don't know who this man is i need to know who he is like <laughs> i need to know i gotta know who this man is like you were just tickling the ivory so to say and just Praise like God. man i was like receiving so much and um yeah dude i'm just so, grateful that you're now just plugged in oh, with yeah. us and just in our community so i want to go out to speak about something else that's been um on my heart and this will be like more because this transitioning is because, from the testimony because we did the um path of believer last uh you know we did we did the actual podcast where people were sharing the testimony which i was sharing the testimony last week and this week we want to actually plug in a, a part of a deep talk into it and since we have an amazing worshiper here with us i want to talk about what was going on with with Saul whenever David was playing the harp? Uh, right. Whenever David was playing, there was demons that would like be like leaving Saul alone for those moments, and he would like calm down mm -hmm. from all his torment that was going mm -hmm. on. And I just want to talk about that. Like our worship has the power to release redemptive, um, release uh, what's it called? What's the word? Why did I just go blank? Oh man, I hate when this happens. Uh, what's called really release uh, that free freedom power like they just people just become free Be the deliverance power there you go come on the deliverance power and so I just want to talk about that so if you can weigh in on that statement for a little bit oh yeah um so I mean just from my experience of being a worshiper and um and being somebody who God has called to host the presence of God in the area of worship. And um, I think that there's a, there's actually like a lot of people, they have like this, um, it's hard for them to like distinguish like what is worship and what is like just playing music. You know what I mean? Like what, yes. like sometimes I feel like I'm just, you know, people are just playing music on and, stage. you know and then uh, you know like other times i see like a group of people just praying in the corner and i feel like this strong presence of god like there's no music involved to it there's and there's all different forms of worship but there is something that happens with the musical form of worship that you're talking about with saul that like it actually like god the way he designed it is like it actually changes the atmosphere of the room yeah and i'm i'm a strong believer of the terry terry theory which is a, a teacher at ihop and she's amazing like musician and worship leader and she talks about how um how sound 
is measured in like hertz and stuff like that right. just like light oh, is, is also that, is that the four four thousand hertz sound frequency i don't know but all i know is that she's saying that it's not a coincidence that sound and light are measured in the same way yeah. and that she believes that when you are worshiping you're actually like bringing like a spiritual light into the room and like Oof. shining like like it actually brings light into the room that is like at a frequency that our eyes can't see that's so and true. um and when it does that it literally like causes like spiritual things to leave the room and like music actually has the ability to like turn on a light in a room and like flush out darkness yep. and the reason why yeah. it can be temporary sometimes is because when you stop it you're turning the lights back off and then it opens things up and Oof. i don't really know the reason behind it all i know is that i've seen it like well, well you know I, I i always this is once i got this revelation I, I can't like it doesn't leave my mind when when um the menstrual was playing it says the hand came upon elijah like that it's it's crazy and also it talks about in the bible in um revelations if i'm not mistaken how the elders in heaven are holding harps you know mm-hmm so Absolutely. to think about that, why would they be holding harps out of everything, out of anything that they could be holding, right? They could be holding spears. They could be holding, I don't know, torches or something. They're holding harps. So I believe, and also you take uh, the Ark of the Covenant, right? The, the Levites, the importance of the Levites, mm-hmm. you yes. know, the- and how, how they were just, you know, bringing that presence mm-hmm. for that holiness, like just that atmosphere shift as we're talking about um for that to inhabit that you know then having yeah. the praises you know so uh, i just want i just want to go back to exactly what you said because that uh that touched on something really important there's some people that just play music and then there's some people that worship mm-hmm. um so what what do you see the differences between that is it personal difference or is it what they it's because they like you can have exactly the same keystrokes. You can have exactly mm-hmm. the same guitar strings, but there's no presence in the room of God. And so, like, oh, what what's going on there? Is it because of the song that they're playing, or is it because of the personal thing? I think that it has everything to do with their, um, with obviously their personal life with the Lord, with their heart posture towards, mm-hmm. you know, like, like, are they like communicating with God while they're worshiping? Are they just focused on playing the right chords you know or are um i mean some people god has anointed them to sound amazing and they when they play music you know worldly or not you know or christian or whatever like people react to it because they're like anointed in that like just like how some people are gifted in speaking like some people can be like the best motivational speaker and have nothing to do with god and like there's certain people that have just like an anointing and a gift to like do that but there's actually um there's there's something deeper than that you know like because there you can sound horrible but you can be actually the the person that is like making the demons flee out of the room because preach because of your heart posture towards the lord and because you're actually developing that um that worship um, mentality and that worship like posture of your heart and uh, it kind of goes with everything you know it goes with well, that's kind of that's kind of where it goes back to david um 
didn't just pick up an instrument and start playing. Mm-hmm. He spent uh, years alone, like slaying uh, lions and bears in in the in the wilderness. The wilderness, mm-hmm. yeah. Before he even got to Saul, come mm-hmm. on. And like, who was he ministering to there? He was ministering to the Lord. Like mm-hmm. he was with his harp in the field. He was mm-hmm. not. He was ministering to nobody. His brothers didn't care about him. Mm-hmm. He was ministering to the Lord. Absolutely. And not even going before even Saul, like Goliath, you know, the whole situation with Goliath. Mm -hmm. He had to go through all those small little battles. And it's all the faithfulness, I believe. I think the Lord really ties that in. Like, he's like, look, I can trust this man with this. I can now Mm -hmm. trust him with even bigger tasks. Yes, but but what I'm I'm saying is that the true worship, um, what's her name? Stephanie uh, Gressinger. She said one thing that that, uh, in one of her speeches, she said that if you do not have moments of worship with God, when you're just like on your face crying and worshiping him by yourself, there's nobody in the house, just you and a piano or you and a guitar. How do you expect God to be there whenever you're in front of a crowd? Mm. Mm-hmm. And she like, she kind of, she kind of said that. And she's just like, there's moments where, where I'm just going into worship and it's just me in the house and I'm bawling my eyes out in front of the piano and my mm-hmm. husband comes home and he's just like, is everything okay? And she's just like, just bawling her eyes out because she's having a moment with God. And then she comes on the stage and she's able to do that mm-hmm. because you, yeah, uh, you cannot, she cannot form something new on stage. She only takes on stage what she already has in her bag. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I heard this thing kind of ties in with that. Um, one of the guys, the Gimboza brothers from Upper Room, one of them was just like talking on um, a podcast how the Lord's like, he came into this room and I guess the piano was there and he's like, starts, like gets drawn to play and he starts playing and the Lord's like, I miss how you play the piano. Wow. And he's like, I just broke down there because he's like, I haven't been playing on the piano forever. And he's like, when you play the piano, basically it, it moves my heart. Yeah. And that it's just that obedience i think um you know tying in what you were kind of explaining was performance versus obedience Mm -hmm. and that's where i think worship kind of like transitions and kind of parts ways um where it actually has that substance as you you were kind of talking about in that obedience aspect because you can be like you were saying like not have a beautiful voice or whatever quote to say um but you'll be moving the Lord's heart because you're doing it out of obedience versus performance. You know, you, you might not be playing that right key or doing this, but you feel that drawing or that push to go in that sphere or that stream while everybody's going in that like quote unquote agenda scripted performance, but you're going here and the Lord's just being moved and everybody else is like, yo, this man's going so off beat or whatever, but I feel so connected to this and I don't know why. Yes. Yeah, that's powerful. And uh, just to add on one more thing, you're not ministering to the people. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not uh, like I'm no worshiper. I'm more of a speaker as both of you guys know. Uh, but like you don't. But when I when I worship, whenever I like even like raise up my voice at beats or anything else like that during worship, like dude the people just i don't care who's like i don't care some celebrity could be in the crowd like right uh-huh. yeah it doesn't bother me like i could care less if there's police watching me while i'm at the beach i'm having my moment with god where i'm ministering to him 
and mm-hmm. that in itself edifies and renews my heart in that moment yeah and it goes back to um the obedience thing that you're talking about you're being obedient to the lord in that moment mm-hmm. and speaking what he's telling you to speak and i think that is actually where the power comes because i've heard this said before and it's so true is that um that obedience is the love language of god like mm-hmm. nothing can move the heart of god more Oof. than obedience yes and yes, it's yes. so so true and i think that's what 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 um causes the demons to flee and causes hearts to transform in worship is that obedience because that's what david was doing he was being obedient to god because when he told as the him to lord walks into the room when he steps into the room everything else has to go absolutely that's so good and i think we i think we touched on an important topic is that if you're if you're worshiping and like you're just playing music in front of a crowd for a performance and you're not you're you're like why is this not not happening what's going on and then you have like zero secret time with god and you have zero like actual connection time with god alone and you never learned how to minister to the lord you just learn how to minister to people um whatever people will bring up they will also break down but whatever the lord brings up no one else can break down and that's where you have to um do just just quit the stage like quit everything else just get get one-on-one with god and just start to worship uh the lord and as you're worshiping the lord by yourself in your car just driving around i went a little bit too extreme and i said quit everything but have a have a few weeks where you're just worshiping alone with god mm-hmm. and just minister to him he died for you he gave up everything to you mm-hmm. he deserves your worship no not people the lord deserves your worship so start yeah. to minister to the lord as you're ministering to the lord all of a sudden all of a sudden you're going to be renewed and he's going to give you a new voice he's going to give you a new language and i'm almost i i i feel like i'm speaking prophetically into someone else's life is that like he's going to give you uh the love language of heaven just him and you know that that it's him and jesus speak with and him and the holy spirit you know speak with and that love language of heaven is going to be transformed into your worship Come on. because as you were worshiping demons are able to flee and as you're worshiping like masha had uh, the vision on her life is that whenever she starts to worship there's angels carrying flames into people's life bringing deliverance with flames like there's a reason for that is because whenever the lord is with you doing worship and you're not caring about people you're caring about the lord you know that's that just eliminates everything else the only importance you have is on him you're seeing between thousands of people you see him and that gives you the ability to bring the uh, true Levite calling back into action, which is turn people's gaze back onto Jesus. Turn people's gaze. Jesus was in the picture. He was. He was, but they weren't talking about him. But turn Jesus's. I mean, turn the people's face to God, because that's the the true reason for the Levites. The reason why David, even instilled the Levites in the temple twenty four seven, is for that for that sole reason. So that when ever people come into the temple. The Levites would need 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 uh, moments to prepare, moments to you know try to stir something up. They would already be fully into worship because they've been worshiping for twenty four hours every single day, mm-hmm. and the people would come in and they'd be filled with their presence because instantly their whole entire intention was like, "Hey, don't look at me. I'm don't look at me worshiping. Look at the Lord. Mm-hmm. Look at Him. I'm looking at Him. Look at Him because I'm seeing something that's renewing me. So you should be renewed too." Absolutely. I went into I went into something deep, so I think that 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 was for somebody else because I just felt. I just felt the spirit of God on that part. So if that's for you, dude, just stop. And I feel like it's for mm-hmm. a dude. Like it's it's for a guy. Like just stop what you're doing. Drop it all and just 
worship God. Amen. Amen. Worship yeah, I God. Feel, I feel the Lord on that. That the Lord's saying, stop praying that that the Lord would use you to do things, but that you would actually fade into the background and that they would see him when you worship. Ooh, yes, yeah. Lord. That Come you on. would be like almost invisible yes. as you worship and that people would be like so wrecked by God that they don't even remember what you're saying or what That's you right. did right. and they mm-hmm. weren't even paying attention to you at all. That's, That's what right. you want. Mm-hmm. Yes, Lord. Yes. Lord. Yes. I love that. Wow. This is amazing. But um, I think we're coming, we're coming to a close and I just wanted to just do one thing and i just want to uh have you speak again like you spoke last week and i just want you to speak whatever's on your heart release it release it bro um so yeah i mean i i think just as you saw throughout my story um i want to say um hold on to the promises of god in your life and and enjoy the journey that the lord has you on like i had completely forgotten that the Lord had called me that I was going to be in full-time ministry. And three years later, the Lord orchestrated everything, gave me the perfect job at the perfect hours so that I could spend the majority of my week actually doing ministry. And, you know, that's the season that I'm in right now. And there's promises and things that I'm still believing that the God, that God is going to fulfill. And no matter where you're at in life, and no matter what you've gone through, the Lord actually remembers those promises. And he may have you lay them down. But one thing I want to say in closing is that um, I don't know the verse off the top of my head. I don't know if you guys know it. But the verse that says the Lord gives you the desires of your heart. If you if you um, go go to his for those who love yeah, him, you yeah. know, for those who um, follow, his, follow way. his ways and stuff. And I want to I want people to look at it a little bit differently because sometimes people say the Lord gives me the desires of my heart as he's giving me what I want. But maybe we should look at it as the Lord is actually the one that's placing those desires in you. Mm -hmm. The Lord is actually giving you desires. He's actually placing desires in your heart. And that's where these passions and things that you're passionate about are coming from. And he wants to see those fulfilled. But he also wants you to lay them down like, you know, Isaac was laid down on the altar and um, so that he can actually see it come to full fruition. And that's right. Wow. So that's, that's amazing. Don't be afraid to go after the things that you love, but don't be afraid to lay them down and believe in the promises of God and know that, you know, he actually places desires in you and he wants to see them come true. Mm. Just add some Eric Gilmore music to that clip and perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But no, I've really had a great time these past two episodes just uh, listening to your story, listening to um, just what God's been doing because I learned so much about you that I never even knew about. I'm sure a lot of, a lot of the people learn uh, things about you that they never knew about. And uh, even Daniel, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, a definitely. Lot. Because this is a story where a prodigal son literally was just your little life was you're living in that pigsty Mm -hmm. eating that food from the pigs like there's right there's like the same resemblance and you're just like wait my god like my my dad has all this for me and like that moment of breakthrough where you cry out to god 
even though afterwards you're just like you're probably not real it doesn't matter but that moment of breakthrough that you had where you're just like god if you are real get me out of this message this situation and that just that just shows how true our god is just shows how beautiful he is and how how much praise he deserves because he deserves all praise jesus deserves all praise that he's able to turn uh what's called the parables uh prodigal son into this beautiful worshiper amen so guys on that note have a good day have a blessed week we yeah. love you. And if you guys haven't uh, considered subscribing, make sure you subscribe. We post every single Sunday at 1 p.m. And, and uh, leave a review if you are listening on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that has the ability to leave reviews. Love right. you guys. Enjoy you the rest time. of your week. Bye. Thanks for watching. <laughs>